0: Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. I am so honored and glad you are here. Today's episode is really special because I get to interview a former coaching client of mine, where we discuss her experience from transitioning from her corporate cushy job to following her passions and starting her own business. Now, I know a lot of you listeners have a corporate job or have some sort of stable job, and yet there's this inner yearning to do something else or to explore what is following my passions really look like in this day and age. I wanted to have Emily on the podcast to share with us a little bit of Her journey so we can get an inside snapshot of what it's like when we cross over and actually do the damn thing that we've been thinking about and dreaming about for years. Emily shares what it was like to navigate the fears, the uncertainties, and how giving herself permission and trusting herself to follow through were really essential pillars in her creating this big life transition. A little bit of background on Emily. She is a florist, an herbalist, a creative producer who grew up in the Bay Area. Emily worked for Google for over eight years and during this time she received her 450 hour clinical herbalist certification as well as studied and trained at the flower school in New York City and just this spring Emily launched her business Flairvoyant, which is a floral botanical design studio in New York City where she specializes in gifts, events, and everlasting floral installations and workshops. A fun side note, Emily and I hosted a workshop together in New York City around setting our summer intentions, creating beautiful flower crowns. It was such a special evening of taking that time to connect to the beauty of nature inside and around us. I know you will learn so much from this episode and my hope is that you'll gain just even 1% more courage to make space to hear and feel and connect to yourself so that you can truly live and love your authentic life, whatever that gets to look like for you. I welcome you to get settled, get cozy, and let's get centered. Emily, welcome to the Center in the City podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: It's not every day where I get to have a client on the podcast, and I'm really excited to have you share all the wisdom that you've gained in this big life transition that we're about to talk about. And I want to kick us off by having you share with us, what is one centering practice, whatever that means to you that you're really connected to these days?
1: Hmm, That's a great question. There's so many practices in my life at this point. I would say what first comes to mind is my morning ritual, many elements to my morning ritual. I won't go through the whole hour long routine. But the things that actually I really do the most often from that, routine I don't have enough time to do the full one is I really love my gua sha, which is a form of lymph drainage. It's an ancient practice from China, typically using jade tools and I'm half Chinese. So I think I, I relate to the cultural historical aspect as well as being able to do, I do a full neck, chest, face massage, using the roller as well as the gua sha tool. I think that really just helps. I feel myself waking up in the morning by doing that practice. And it's such a self-care to be able to really move your skin, drain your lip nodes, kind of help move and circulate things. I give myself a head massage afterwards. It's really beautiful practice and I I love it so much. And directly afterwards of that, I always do a breast massage as well with oils. And that's also been really opening and beautiful for me, um, which I learned during my jade egg, Course, which is a whole nother self-care practice. But all of those I got ancient jade, especially Taoist practices and the breast massage I found is also a really beautiful way to connect with my body. I there's a there's a movement that's supposed to help. Apparently, we hold a lot of trauma in our breasts. And so there's a move that helps uh, helps release all of that in the morning as well. Um, and more lymph drainage self-massage. So that's what first comes to mind.
0: What a beautiful way to honor your body, honor your heritage, honor like material, connecting to the healing qualities of jade. How, how did you get inspired by this practice and really incorporate it into your routine?
1: I first learned it in my herbalism course. It was one of the modules when we learned about the lymph system. And we, we learned how to do gua sha, even with just a, just a spoon, at first, so that was a really in-depth module we did. And so I really, really loved it. And even just learning different pressure points and different kidney pressure points, and there's a whole other continued practice. And that got me into the Jade Egg course, which was another full-on online course. And there was a lot of Gua Sha there, as well as how to use and practice with the Jade Egg and all the microcosmic orbit energy, breath work as well. I, I love all the online learning learning and courses as much as I can. Yeah, but first learned it through my herbal class.
0: Now, for those that don't know, you just launched your business and talk to us about your business, the creation of it, because I, I think it could be really helpful for us to go deeper into the backstory here.
1: Sure. Oh my gosh, where to begin? I think if we're starting from the very beginning, I've always loved flowers growing up. My dad always took me to different Native American reservations and we would hunt, look for arrowheads and, you know, find acorns. And he would tell me about all the different types of plants. And I think that really first connected me to nature. I thought I wanted to be Pocahontas when I was young. I would wear my Pocahontas costume every day after preschool. So I think I had had always this Disney, obviously, connection, but mostly just my dad showing me around and taking me hunting and fishing and just becoming one with the earth and having a spiritual connection with plants and not even plants, but stones and rocks. I had a rock polisher I loved, but flowers always just brought me so much joy and being around the garden, I just see them and they brought me instant happiness. I think flowers and ice cream are the two things that can just provide instant joy. And I think there's something so special about that. There's something so special about these simple beauties and joys that can just become immediate no matter what. And I think flowers really have that power. So I always knew growing up I loved flowers. It wasn't until goodness, I think even high school or right after college, I, I knew I wanted to be a florist at some point in time. It always felt like a distant dream, something to do when I was older, much older. I imagined like myself as an old lady with the flowers in the garden, but I always knew I wanted to do something with flowers because I think I, I get more joy from them from the average person. I really have an affinity towards them. I think there's so much beauty and variety in them. There's so much life in them there's so much art you can create with them and it's a really connecting experience with people so anyways i think i didn't get into all of that until i started taking an herbal medicine class and actually that i, I learned about through google when i worked at google i had a friend who shared we have one of these share show and tell clock meetings and she shared this herbal uh herbal apprenticeship she was in and that made me realize wow herbalism is a really cool Whole thing, and then I realized it's part of my ancestral history. I come from a whole lineage of Chinese herbalists. It's, I'm actually sixth generation Asian American, and I I realized through once I started taking herbal classes, actually that that's how my my ancestors came to the United States was opening up a whole chain of herbal apothecaries throughout California. So that really was wow. I have a whole ancestral ancestral connection to herbs and plants, not just on my dad's side, but my mother's side. And so I took took herbalism classes, and I really loved that. And I took the full course. Um, but I always loved flowers. And so it wasn't until last year when it all started to become a little bit more real. I think at Google, I was starting to realize that this isn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I think up until that point straight out of school, I was so into corporate life, into my job, obviously really loved the tech world, really loved that side of learning business and tech and being part of a corporation. I felt very passionate about their mission and their values. It wasn't until after eight years of being there that I realized I still had this inkling of a more creative life um, beyond just being a UX program manager. And I liked being a program manager in UX because I was still with designers and creatives, but I wasn't actually creating the designs myself. I had a lot of creative thinking and strategy, but it wasn't quite the same as being hands-on. So after I took my flower school course, which of course Google is amazing and let me take six weeks off of work to take this flower school course last summer. And that really gave me all the skills I actually felt equipped to have to
0: And launch my own business. A lot more details in (laughs) between. There's so many things that I even just learned from, from you sharing your story and where this passion for creativity and plants come alive for you and how it's really, it sounds like it's in your blood, it's in your DNA. Let's slow down this aspect that you were interacting with in corporate life because Mm -hmm. A lot of other clients and I know a lot of other listeners can resonate with your story of being in the corporate world for close to 10 years and hitting kind of a spot of, ha, where am I going? What am I doing? So if we slowed that down, what was going through your experience that you were starting to recognize? I don't know if this corporate life is for me anymore.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it definitely was an evolution. When I first joined Google, it was amazing. I I got my job offer when I was still a senior at Cal. So I got to, I felt, I didn't have to even apply anywhere else, I was so lucky. And fully drank the Google Kool-Aid, which was amazing. I have nothing, Google, I'm only wonderful things to say about it. So at first it was all hands on deck, working so hard, proving myself, really wanting to making a career, finally getting paid for things. And that was wonderful. The commute was very hard down to Mountain View. but beyond that, I felt I felt very involved and very connected with my team, and I, I've I've been very blessed to always have wonderful managers at Google as well. I think that's typically a big factor why people leave their job is their is their lead, and I've always been blessed with wonderful coaches and mentors and managers. Um, but really, the, I think, and this is something that I always struggled with with school as well because I never was cultivated to be an artist. I did ballet as in my extracurricular, but that was always more as a sport and as a or my required you know extra thing rather than thinking of it as a fully artistic activity. And I wasn't really ever encouraged growing up to to kind of really explore my artists within. I never took art class or anything like that. It was always, you know, AP bio or something like that. And so I think I still felt that at Google, it, it really honed in on my masculine energies, my very program management, organizing, being on top of things. And I really have that side of me. And I realized my feminine wasn't being cultivated the way I wanted it to be. And I often found myself looking to nature and to hikes to be able to find that and watercoloring and finding art and flowers as a way to kind of balance out the masculine that I was putting so much energy into and time into through Google, which obviously this corporate life, I think really lends itself to that type of mindset, especially to succeed at such a company. So it came to the point where I think once I moved to Kauai during COVID and was really surrounded by nature for the first time and really living this remote, nature life that it expanded my worldview and made me realize, you know, there's more than just being on a computer. It was so hard to be on a computer when the outdoors and rainbows and oceans were beckoning you. And that became really, really hard for me to to focus and to stay motivated at that point in time and feeling really disconnected from my team. I really love working in person, That's which is why I moved to New York and worked at that office after COVID because for me working in person is so, I, I was much more vot- motivated and engaged. So I think COVID really made me realize, wow, there's another life and there's a simpler life. And I don't need to be kind of in this huge hustle bustle rush hour to work mindset. And it also came to the point where I felt very accomplished and satisfied with my time at Google. I I worked my way up. I I changed so many different teams. I really was motivated in the beginning and networking and got to the role I really wanted to be, got to the team I really wanted to be. And I felt very satisfied by that point. And then by the time I left, only a couple of months ago, I looked up and there wasn't really as much, I didn't really have any direction I wanted to go from that point on. I feel I felt very satisfied and not sure what even what, what next meant for me at Google, especially when I had this other distraction of this other longing and love I knew I had to give attention to and cultivate more. So it kind of just, it became the time. It really became time.
0: What fears or... And or limiting beliefs, do you feel like you had to work through to gain the courage to say yes to this like feminine voice that was calling for you for this inner knowing that this is really where my heart wants to be right now?
1: Yeah. And and I'm so grateful for you, Wade, for coaching me through all this and being patient with me. It was such a process and it really, it really came down so many fears. So many fears. First off, about financial stability. Second and related to that is my parents' expectations of me and their concern for my safety and stability, which is obviously, you know, I I had to learn how to create boundaries against their fear and my own fear and being able to discern what's them, their fear that I'm thinking versus my own concerns and really gathering the confidence to to do what I knew had to be right. Um, Other fears, fears just around like uncertainty, like what if this didn't work out? What if I don't have the skills? All the all the normal doubts and ta- catastrophizing was completely normal. And what it really came down to, though, was I realized I have accomplished every single goal I've set out thus far. My track record is pretty close to 100% at this point. I, and I had to remind myself, like, I have my own abilities. And I kept looking for other people for permission is what I was realizing. My boyfriend, my parents my coach, I wanted other people to be like, yes, take the leap. And no one was giving me that permission. And no one was giving me that signal. Everyone thought I was kind of crazy. And I realized I shouldn't, this isn't about them giving me permission. I'm giving myself permission and I know my own worth. And at the end of the day, it came down to looking back on my life, I would have been, I would have regretted not doing this leap. I would have been like, why didn't you just have the courage to do it? And it just came down to courage and having to just live in alignment with my truth. I knew this is what I had to do and I feel grateful that I had so much clarity about that because I think a lot of other people struggle with not knowing what they want to do. So I had the clarity and I was like this is a blessing for me to have this clarity. The signs are coming. I really am trusting the signs. The signs are coming and telling me and I was just like I have to live my truth and I just have to do it and see where it goes because you know this is the time.
0: So. Yeah. Well, and I just want to highlight for people listening to who are maybe in a similar space of in corporate pondering their next step or know that there's a yearning to do this next thing, but don't know when and the fears, the financial and the instability and all the uncertainty that comes with running your own business. And I fucking get it as well. You know, come up for people. It's, It's not a linear path you know it's not like you just went from inception of this idea to building some experiences with corporate to then starting your own it's like you went to school you learned a lot of tools and experiences you tested things out you challenged yourself here and there to start to pivot into your own competence mm-hmm. and into your own practice and so i just want to highlight that because it's not as simple as oh yes i want this fingers snapped i create it. Totally.
1: And I didn't even realize until recently how much of my decisions up until this point have actually been guiding me here. And I think I really trust in having a North Star compass. You don't need to have a full life plan, but understanding the types of things and that you value and how you want to feel on a daily basis. And I, I'm actually really grateful for Google too, because I didn't realize how well they prepared me for this, especially on the business side and knowing how to organize my time. And I thought I was starting from square zero as well. And I realized, no, I actually have a lot more knowledge and experience than I realized. And then I, even more so, I have a network of advisors and community and support to also help me and resources from all of them. So that's been really beautiful. And I didn't realize going into it that I wasn't actually alone in this and that, you know, there's support is there. Everyone's kind of in it together and I'm not alone. And I think that was really scary also leaving the the family of Google and all of the support that comes with it, and suddenly being alone, and now I'm part of an arts collective, and I have a whole network of friends. So it, it makes me feel, yeah, it, it it was all guided to bring me to this point.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious to explore. You know, you had this instinct, as you just shared, after the pandemic to move to New York. So a hustle and bustle city, quite the opposite from Hawaii, quite the opposite from being around oceans and rainbows. And f- trees, knowing that was so important to your soul and being, how did you navigate, or how do you still navigate living the city life?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's I thought about this a lot, and it's it's such a love hate relationship with New York, as everyone who lives here understands. But I actually really realized. I knew I needed to go back to New York, A, just because most of my friends are here. B, I wanted to be around the energy in the city again while I was still this age and working in the office. But I actually realized I turned, because I had such a lack of nature in the city, living in New York as I do now, I actually turned to flowers as my medicine, as my nature, my way to be with nature more. And so I actually felt even more drawn to flowers because I felt so starved of, of nature in the city. And I think New York is such an interesting place because it doesn't inspire me, I would say. (laughs) I don't really take photos of New York. Nothing about it inspires me creatively in in the sense of creating art or being around nature, but it does have, I realize it has so many opportunities and almost because I feel a lack of inspiration externally, I find the inspiration and the creativity within. And so I actually create more and play with flowers more because I'm, that is my way of almost finding balance with my external environment. And my apartment is filled with plants and I find my, I come I almost overcompensate in that way and it's actually brought me to this career I think faster and because of all the opportunities and the convenience of everything, I, it, New York is such an instigator and in their energy and everyone kind of like helps each other out, I feel like I would have felt more isolated if I wasn't living here right now so, yeah, I'm feeling great about living in New York. It's still very, very hard for me sometimes. Um, thankfully, I have a car and we can escape when we need to. But I do think it's a really place, great jumping off spot. And it also, like they say, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And I, I do believe it to be true in some ways. There's such a cutthroatness and the competitiveness that you kind of have to become used to and understand. You know, I am I keep telling myself, like, don't be the best, be the only. And so really kind of figuring out what is my niche and How can I kind of like find my space in New York? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, also knowing it's transient and I'm not going to be here forever, but.
0: Being born and raised in Manhattan and just recently being back there, it's like, oh, there's nothing like New York. New York is one of a kind. It will always be in my blood. And I have noticed after living 10 years in the Pacific Northwest, I need to be in nature as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I tried to schedule as many meetings or friend get togethers in Central Park. Like mm-hmm. that is my <laughs> home home office away from home because it just is soothing. It feels grounding. Mm-hmm. It also to me is really inspiring because I love the juxtaposition of being in nature and yet looking around at all the beautiful architecture around mm-hmm. Central Park. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that combination of like, oh yeah, how can we integrate... Plants and life and nature into the cement city, mm-hmm. and I love hearing for you. You've noticed like it actually inspired you to dive deeper into your relationship with flowers and plants, mm-hmm. and kind of overcompensate or maybe not even overcome balance out the energy of the city. What advice or just maybe even like ponderings would you offer listeners of ways that they can play with plants more and flowers more? Mm-hmm. Especially if people are intimidated because like. I mean, we have a garden here in Seattle and I love when the roses come out. I just picked the roses this morning. I love Mm -hmm. playing with flowers, creating my own little bouquets. But for people who are maybe intimidated or don't think that having flowers in their space actually makes a difference, what would you maybe offer as some creative ways to play? that's a great question. Gosh, so many things. I think,
1: well, one, I think just you can buy cheap flowers at Trader Joe's I made a beautiful bouquet the other day for $30, much more affordable than the flower district, that's for sure. But even just having, just testing it out, having one bouquet on your dining room table and see if you feel better. See if you if you have a little plant next to your laptop when you work, see if it makes a difference. I, I truly believe in the healing properties of plants, being around that energy, being around the vitality, you they are alive. And so having their energy, all their evidence shows that you know they help aid well-being and have different evidence around anxiety and stress reducing things so I do believe plants are healing and just being exposed we are surrounded to it and just giving thanks even when you're on a walk if you, there's a beautiful tree you love stop and and put your palm on it and just close your eyes and give thanks for it's life and it's beauty that it's providing that you know the air that it's helping clean pick maybe yeah I'm sad that I don't have a garden either, but, you know, maybe pick a flower or even just look at the flower and do a, a small plant meditation, or even just drink a cup of tea. And, and before you sip the tea, just close your eyes and give some reverence. I think just like taking the pause to give gratitude for the plants and also just gratitude for the beauty that it brings will actually help you feel better. At least that does for me. And so I think herbal medicine, I think is also why I love it so much is that it's, so healing, but it, it's such a reciprocal relationship as well. And when you're foraging, you know, give tobacco as an offering if you're about to wildcraft something. Or having more of a like a communication and a relationship with plants, especially in this concrete jungle, is is super helpful. And even just buying a house plant or a little cactus, even even you can start small. I know people get scared about you know killing their plants or whatever, but even just giving them, I spritz my plants. I talk to them, and they're super happy. So I think, you know, there's many, many small ways that are affordable as well to just be surrounded by plants. And yeah, like you said, take a walk in the park, sit down, and have a picnic, get some final rays of sunshine before the
0: day ends. Mm. I love all those suggestions. And yeah, I think plants, you know, I talked about this in another podcast episode around plant medicine. Mm-hmm. We specifically talked a little bit more about ayahuasca and marijuana, but I think that there's so much that we don't tune into around like even the spiritual connection to plants. Mm-hmm. And I think in our generation, millennials, probably Gen Z's, spirituality has shifted outside of churches and temples and mosques and, and it has become a little bit more around connecting to mother nature,
1: mm-hmm. connecting
0: to something bigger. And I think that, even just touching dirt, right? There's so much research around the benefits of getting your hands in soil, even if that's like a little potted plant that you're growing some herbs in your kitchen counter or maybe a little flower pot you can do outside your window or even making a bouquet vase from Trader Joe's, right? There's so many ways that we can touch nature and and find those healing qualities like you're mentioning.
1: Yeah, we always go barefoot in... Whenever we're in a park, we always take off our shoes immediately, like recalibrating, because it's true. I think we need to be feeling the earth. And there is like this stability and this groundedness that comes from having your bare feet on the earth. And we don't do it that much. We're so far removed with concrete and shoes and soles. And even just taking a moment to just sit on the grass, take off your shoes and meditate with the earth. I completely agree. And I think agreed on the spirituality piece. That's for me is beyond the aesthetics of media flowers what my brand and studio is really about is about this like earth spirit connection and and feeling connected to the plants having understanding the language of plants and the symbolism behind different flowers and making things very personalized and bespoke and taking a time to have a little ritual and intention setting before we make the bouquet and give it out to really kind of like connect people back to why we are giving flowers and it is earth beauty in its purest form in my opinion so there's something really special and beautiful about it rather than this huge commercialization of the floral floral industry, which also exists. So trying to find ways to kind of take it back and understand, you know, the vitality and the gift that it is to have a flower and the life that it took to have, to be for your enjoyment and to recognize that.
0: Now that you've been in business for, I should say (laughs) full-time in business for five weeks and you're getting to play with plants more, Where are you? What are you noticing about this balance of feminine and masculine energy?
1: Yeah, it's been really wonderful. And I've I've been thinking about this a lot as well as it feels so much more balanced now. And the beautiful part is I really enjoy the business side. I'm learning so much about marketing and accounting and business strategy. And it's been really nice to activate different parts of my brain. I think at Google, I started to just get very honed in and siloed in this UX program management world, which is beautiful and fun, but I'm really exploring other industries and getting to wear all hats, which is is complete opposite from my old job. And the reward of doing that really well is you're booking clients and you're making flowers. So it's such a nice reward, positive feedback loop to do the business well. And then that means you get to play with flowers and be creative um, because of it. So I've been really, really enjoying that. And I've been enjoying both sides equally. And so that's been really, really fun. And I love it just having, I've been having so many flowers and I go to the fire market. I know the people now. I have my whole fridge stocked up right now. So it's just been really, really fun.
0: Okay. So listeners can't see the, they can probably hear the joy that is coming from you, but you're also just beaming with so much glowing love and joy Mm -hmm. and it's making like my heart so happy, not only because like I've been able to witness your journey over the last few years, but to just be in your presence right now. I'm curious, like for people who are listening, who might still feel stuck in the kind of in-between space, what words of wisdom would you mm-hmm. want to offer them from where you are now? I think, first off, this is a year of
1: big moves. I, I have so many friends who are, ending very, very long relationships, engagements, marriages right now. In this past few months, even, it's been really interesting. And I think this really feels like the year to me to, to take the big leaps and to really tap into your intuition and your gut. And I think that it's much easier said than done, but really kind of doing the work and the slowing down and the deep reflections and journaling to really tap into what do I actually want to be doing or even how do I want to be feeling? What's not in alignment? And it's the gut. I don't think it actually takes so much thinking. It's a really more of an intuitive sense. And I think it takes work to get to that point of being so embodied to be able to sense what your body is trying to tell you, but just trusting your intuition and your gut and starting to explore what does inspire me. I think I spend so much time with ideas and being inspired by things and taking time, like what really does inspire me and how do I want to be feeling? And I'm grateful for all the exercises that we've done tapping into the values and our intentions, our manifestations. I have a whole doc of just how I, at my best self, I am doing X, Y, Z, you know? This is how I wanna engage in my relationship. This is how I wanna engage with people. And thinking through like, what does your best self, what, would, what does your best self look like? And I think doing that 2010, five, one year reverse visualization exercise for me is key. I think visuals, visualizing, in manifesting whatever, however you want to call it. I just call it witchcraft. <laughs> is it's all the same thing. You're, you have a vision. And then once you have a vision, you can work towards that. Because if you don't know your, what you want, when how you supposed to know how you're to make decisions. So I think really kind of getting clear on what that vision is. And again, that takes a lot. It's a much easier said than done, but finding sources of information. connecting with your community and finding moments of just small joy but yeah it's a big there's lots of big decisions I'm grateful for where I am in my life and you know being able to make the leap and all all the support I have because of it you know all everything kind of led me here but it's really kind of an intuitive sense and I, I had to go past my parents I had to go past everyone freaking out about the economy and just doing what feels like it's in alignment with my most authentic self. At the end of the day. Grateful I did it. There's ups and downs, of course. There's still uncertainty, but I'm, you know, it's making me stronger. I think everything is a lesson. Also reminding me, you know, there's you can always go back. Nothing's for forever. Yeah. You know?
0: I think those are all really wise words of even just the paying attention to what brings you joy. Like what are those little things? And maybe following mm-hmm. those sense of curiosities, like you started to mm-hmm. notice, oh yeah, plants are really beautiful and inspiring and then be more curious about that. And then you're finding education to help deepen that and deepen your expertise. And and then to also, okay, trust yourself, explore what is your gut telling you, learning your body, learning to listen, getting clear in your vision, getting clear in your value, helping you kind of build this structure that really as a coach, like the intention of all of that... It's to get us out of autopilot because it's Mm -hmm. so easy, especially when we're comfortable. We might not be fully happy or joyful, but when we're comfortable to not want to rock the boat, why do I need to... Change careers. Why do I actually need to follow my passion? That's just some marketing bullshit that's being sold to me. (laughs) Like, you know, like all these things. But but when we're comfortable, we're not listening to those inner whispers. And so to really take that time and space for introspection, right? Mm -hmm. That we don't typically do in our busy modern day world because we're always cross off the emails, cross off the laundry lists and the food shopping and the picking up the kids and the blah, 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 right. And we get so bogged down into the day to day. Definitely. How did you give yourself permission to listen inwards amid the busyness of corporate life?
1: Ah, oh, goodness. I think I've always been a big thinker and reflector. I think I, I'm always, I feel like I'm mostly tapped into how I'm feeling. And I think for me, it is the curiosity, I really love that word, curiosity and courage, and I guess conviction. The, for me, I couldn't really decide, I, I was like, I can't not know what, where this could lead, is really came, what it came down to, like, I have to know what my potential is, I I have, I wanted to live up to my own potential, and I, that, if anything that was even harder, because I, I almost, I have such high expectations for myself, and so that's also what pushes me, is my, it's my own self-striving, and I one of those people that always needs to feel productive and doing and making things. And so, you know, it comes with, there's pros and cons to that type of thing. But I kind of, I was like, I need to know what my own capacity is. And to be on my, to live life on my own terms, I've only been an employee before. So to be able to craft my own lifestyle and my own my own time, I was very curious how I would be spending it and how I would like it.
0: Sounds like you naturally were introspective, naturally paying attention and followed your curiosity, practice, mm-hmm. courage, and conviction.
1: But I think journaling is really key. I think that is really the, what's been the consistent force throughout my whole life is journaling. And that is a way of really taking the time to reflect and be introspective. And for me, it always ends with gratitude. When you journal, you, it helps you. You're working through your with, with it yourself. And you realize what actually matters because that's what your mind is thinking about. And you get it out on paper, and it's cathartic and it's clarifying. You find you get a lot. Of, I I personally get a lot of clarity from from journaling.
0: I love journaling. For me, it was my first introspective practice as well, way before I started meditating. When I was like, I think twelve, started journaling. Yeah, I
1: was in fourth grade. I've bucket. I have piles of old journals in my. I'm, I don't I've never want to open them, but they they're there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, all behind me, that bookshelf is like all of my <laughs> journals. And it's so it's such a powerful way to just hear that inner voice.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. That we
0: sometimes don't give enough space for in our day-to-day. Mm-hmm. If we can strengthen that inner voice, then we start to actually hear who we are and what matters to us. And then we can bring that awareness also into everyday life.
1: I think another big piece too is exactly that kind of like coming to terms and meeting your inner self and identifying with it. I think it took me a really long time to identify as an artist or as a creative person. I always almost felt like an imposter, especially working in the creative field and marketing and design with designers. And I never felt like the creative person. And so I think a big part of my journey was being like, I am a creative person. I am an artist. And now I have no hesitation to identify as a floral artist or herbalist. But before that, it took a really long time for me to feel comfortable not feeling shameful or you know like who am I to to claim myself this way so I think kind of like having that alignment with who I wanted to be and then who I actually was acting upon that's come a lot closer and because of that I feel a lot more stable and purposeful driven and I I have a lot more alignment with my identity now than I was when I was at Google and I really kind of felt this off-kilterness with how I was spending my time versus how I actually wanted to be I wanted to to
0: become. That's a huge insight, right? It's like matching the being and the doing so Mm -hmm. that we're doing what actually supports us. And also we're being what we, what we want in life and Mm -hmm. letting kind of both the inner and the outer work balance each other out.
1: And that's kind of exactly the same as having a visualization, right? You're working towards that alignment with what you're envisioning. And so I think it's all that type same type of process of having a sense of where you want to be and where you want to go. But while also being present, of course, and that's, of course, the the hard part, you know, the constant balancing of planning versus doing.
0: Yeah, give ourselves the permission to have this vision that we want to be going to this place and also recognize we get to be right here where our feet are mm-hmm. and be in that dance. Emily, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey with us and the wisdom you've gained and the inspiration you're sharing and the beauty you're creating in this world, where can people learn more about you and stay connected?
1: Thank you, Wade. It's, and first off, just so honored to have you as my coach and it was such, it's been such a beautiful full circle in every way. So thank you for all of your guidance throughout the years and being with me since day zero, really from all of this. So thank you. Um, And yeah, I have an Instagram, my my company's name is Fleurvoyant, so it's like clairvoyant, but fleur, like a flower in French. So I have an Instagram, it's at fleurvoyant, my website's fleurvoyant.com. I don't know how that name hasn't been taken yet, but that also was a great sign. So you can find me there, um, and I had various offerings and gifts and subscriptions and events and all things flowers for now. So yeah, so please connect and join my newsletter. I've been writing bi-weekly, and that's been really fun space to also kind of share my my journal as reflections as I go through this process. So I'd love to connect.
0: I love the newsletter. It's, I feel like I'm, it's a mindfulness practice too. I hear you're slowing down to just kind of observe and bring in this lens of nature into the city life, city living. So it's Mm -hmm. a great newsletter to join. Thanks again for being here. Take a moment with me to pause and let all of those insights and ahas just settle in your own mind, hearts, and bodies, and think about one action step that you want to forward or integrate this next week. Maybe it's you want to buy some flowers from Trader Joe's and create a beautiful bouquet for yourself. Maybe you want to take your shoes off and plant your bare feet into the earth. Maybe you're wanting to sit down and journal and explore what brings you joy and starting to think about how you're spending your time. Maybe you want to explore masculine and feminine energy in your life right now. Whatever it is, give yourself permission to take up space, to listen inwards, and know that you can... Design a life you love from an authentic place, nothing from striving, nothing from the shoulds of society, but there is a way to connect with your own inner wisdom. And if you are looking for more support, feel free to reach out to me, set up a one-on-one coaching discovery call we can explore if working together will be a fit, or just get support from other people in your life. There are so many amazing resources out there. Thank you for being here, and until next time. Stay centered.